Welcome back to They Didn't Ask Us. I'm your host, Jay. And I'm your other host, John. Today we're going to chat about some stuff we came across the past week or so, including Batman, Star Wars, DC on the small screen, and nerd video games. Coming up first on the news, we've got The Batman. Uh, reports have indicated that they have found Commissioner Gordon for the new Batman movie that will be starring... And I completely forgot his name. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. I only remember his name because of how unexcited I am. Yeah, well, I hope that they make some kind of joke about him actually being a vampire at some point. I I would be... Because, you know, he was in Twilight. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would like it if they did. Like, but I wouldn't like it at the same time. Just, like, if they force it, I won't like it. If it's natural, I'm on board. Yeah. Well, uh, sources have indicated that they have found their commissioner, Gordon, who is Jeffrey Wright. I'm actually a big fan. Yeah. Um, I remember him. First thing I remember seeing him in was Casino Royale. Yes. He was Felix Leiter. I completely Leiter. forgot he was he in was, that. He was James Bond's American friend. That's right. Real key uh, component of that movie's plot. Mm -hmm. um, more recently, um, I really, really enjoyed him in the first season of Westworld. Okay. Yeah. See, I, that's another show that I haven't been able to watch. So I haven't. I haven't started the second season because I don't think I have HBO anymore after Game of Thrones. So sad. R.I.P. Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> you will be missed. But I, I actually like that a lot. That's the first I had heard of it. So I'm on board. See, I remember him most from he was in um, the Hunger Games trilogy. I don't think he was in all three, but he was in one or two of them, I believe, and. Uh, he is a good actor, and I've seen him in other various little things that yeah. he's like a guest or whatever. He's in like Dell commercials now, I think. He, yeah, yeah, it's that uh -huh. guy. Yeah, but anyway, I I could I could I could see him. Yeah. I am a little um, disappointed that they're not keeping the last guy, uh, J.K. Simmons. I actually kind of liked him as Commissioner Gordon. I I think he works. I think it's going to be borderline impossible to be better than Gary Oldman. Uh, just because I'm, I'm just a sucker for Gary Oldman movies. I think he's wonderful. Um, but J.K. Simmons, with him going back to J. Jonah Jameson. Spoilers. Yeah. You know, we should probably throw that out there, like, at the very <laughs> beginning. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that's got spoilers. So if you haven't... Do you just want to cut if it you, again? Yeah. If you, no. No. Okay. We can keep it. Okay. We're, we're good. But just as a... Okay. Good to know. Yeah. My well, bad. Well, no, and, and it's, I don't even think it's that we need to tiptoe around it. I think just, like, if you haven't seen these things, you probably don't want to be listening to this podcast. We'd like it if you did, but, you know, don't hate us. Right. <laughs> don't hate on us for spoiling something that came out, like, three months ago. Yeah. It's basically an eternity at this point. Yes. In the media world we're in today. Right. Um, but anyway, now that that tangent has ended. Yes. With... With J.K. Simmons going back to J. Jonah Jameson, I feel like he's going to be committed to that going forward. So, in that sense, the actors made his decision. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, re-acclimate away from it. Right. Um, honestly, the fewer things that keep continuity from Batman versus Superman and Justice League, the better, in my opinion. I, I fully agree with um, that. <laughs> main cast, I'm on board, except Ezra Miller, still not a fan. Um, I thought Cyborg was good. I thought Aquaman was good. Wonder Woman, Superman, when his face wasn't digital, I thought was good. Ezra Miller's kind of a weird dude, isn't he? 
Yeah, but especially after seeing him in um, Fantastic Beasts. Did you see that? I did not. Okay, he's in Fantastic Beasts. And he's actually like, he's not the main villain, but he, he is a villain. He's a villain. He is a villain. Uh, very strange individual. I believe that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. I'm but. sure he's incredibly talented. Oh, I will never say anything well, I mean, bad about that. I've got the acting ability of like, you know, a spoon. So <laughs> I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't really say much as far That's as funny. acting goes, you know? Yeah. Um, but moving on, uh, Jonah Hill, as far as related to that same movie, that Batman movie that's in development, uh, Jonah Hill is also in talks to play a villain. My first reaction was, please be the penguin. I hadn't even made it that far, honestly. I was trying to think who Jonah Hill could be. My initial thing was uh, Jervis Tetch, the Mad Hatter. Oh, uh, okay. Kind of under the radar. He was in uh, Arkham City. He right. He's a pretty key plot in, in a bit of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Penguin for me is just really weird because uh, the guy from Gotham, I think his name's Robin Lord Taylor, did a different take on, on the Cobblepot character. But and was, that's so good. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah. I was going to. I was hoping you were going to say you liked mm-hmm. it. I, I really liked his portrayal. I thought it was, it was different, but it was unique. The um, other thing about Jonah Hill is you don't know who you're getting. That's true. Because I've been watching a lot of like celebrity roasts and stuff, and one of the things they come back, they come at him with is it's like, well, are you like skinny Jonah Hill? Or are you fat Jonah Hill? <sighs> and he's he's on board with the joke. He's happy to be there. But that's, I mean, that's an aspect of him as an actor that you don't know how to prepare for. It's a good question, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, jump into the Superman with... Start out a small screen, Tom Welling. Um, I would say probably my second favorite live action Superman. I would agree. Behind Christopher Reeve mm-hmm. um, from I'd, Smallville, for those of you who are unfamiliar. I'd say maybe third for me. Behind. I actually really liked Brandon Ralph as Superman. Yeah. I know. I mean, you like what you like. I like you like I what can. you like. But yeah, I did, I did really like Tom Welling. And that was a show... Smallville yeah I watched from beginning to end and actually really enjoyed every second of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so he was released to play uh, the Clark Kent character in the Arrowverse Mm -hmm. the final season of the initial show Um, and they're sending it off with crisis on infinite earths one of the iconic um, overarching DC plots Mm And uh, Brandon Routh, speaking of uh, the, this crisis on Infinite Earth, Earths, uh, Brandon Routh, and he's going to be playing the Kingdom Come Superman. Um, that photo was released, um, I believe, just a few days ago. And I have to say, it looks pretty stinking awesome. Um, I haven't read all of the Kingdom Come comics, but I have read a few of them. Mm-hmm. It's very different. I believe that um, it's a very different take on the whole superhero uh, genre, really. Um, but that version of Superman, his, mainly his costume, his costume is very iconic <clears throat> in that one. Um, it's one of those that um, the S is completely different. It's mm-hmm. black and red. Um, it kind of, it actually kind of uses some of the outline of the shield as part of the S. 
So it's very it's very unique. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Jump from a jump from one iconic Superman costume to another. Yeah. Red Sun is confirmed as a DC animated universe movie coming early 2020. And I've wanted to read Red Sun for a number of years. I've got it. You can borrow and it. I have I thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I, it's such an interesting idea. Just almost revisionist history from a comic book perspective. And the ending is mind blowing. I believe I, I, mean, it, I haven't read it. It has a very, very cool twist at the end. And you're like, oh, okay. Very neat. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's a few people that have been confirmed uh, to be playing uh, or, you know, to be doing the voice acting in this one. Jason Isaacs uh, will be the voice of Superman. Um, our listeners will probably remember him from most iconic would probably be Harry Potter. Uh, he played uh, Lucius Malvoy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in Awake. Did you ever see that? I did not. Oh, good the, show. The, the first thing I remember Jason Isaacs from was the villain in The Patriot. Yes. That Mel Gibson movie. That's right. That's he a, was good in that one, too. That's a weird movie. Heath Ledger was in that as well. That's just an odd cast. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. We'll be talking a little bit more about him later. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Or his name, excuse me. But uh, Diedrich Bader? Is that Bader or Bader? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but he'll be playing Lex Luthor. I really don't know much about him um, exactly, but I do know that uh, there was a cartoon animated series of The Batman that came out um, f- a few years ago. It's more childish, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was the voice of Batman in that. That's weird. And so now he's going to be playing Lex Luthor. That's weird. Not yeah. on board. Yeah, very interesting. Um, and then uh, Amy Acker will be Lois Lane, uh, which is kind of whatever for me. Do you know who she is? I'm not a clue. She was, um, let's see, the most recent thing I can think of. Hold on, I might have to look it up. While while I'm looking it up, maybe you can go into the next segment. Uh, I will Star say Wars. it's not the it's not the typical star power you expect from you know DCAU, with the exception of Isaacs. For me personally, um, he's the one with the most name recognition because I mean DCAU has got great names usually to do some of their voices. Mm-hmm. The one that stands out to me, one of my favorite DCAU of all time, is uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. Yes. So you've got Jensen Ackles from Supernatural. You've got uh, NPH himself, Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. And then was Conroy was still Batman in that, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Uh, she was in, looks like she's been in lots of different things, but she was in uh, Scooby-Doo, Warehouse 13, Once Upon a Time, Cabin in the Woods. I don't know, she's just, she's got this like really high-pitched, like kind of nasally voice to me. I just don't really see her or can hear her as a Lois Lane. I guess that's my problem with her. Okay. But uh, anyway, uh, Star Wars, um, we're getting those uh, yearly Star Wars movies or not too long ago, we were going to be getting those yearly Star Wars movies, Mm -hmm. Um, but we are no longer getting those. Uh, I, for one, am a little relieved. I don't know how you feel about that, but also relieved. I, um, they were going to be releasing like one every year or two every year. I mean, it was going to end up being like the MCU, uh, kind of felt like, Mm -hmm. um, but what they ended up doing was they, uh, they just recently, uh, have said that they are 
kind of step back a little bit from that. Um, and they actually apologized. Um, I can't remember his name. Iger, Bob Iger. Yeah, we'll, we'll call him Iger. Yeah. He, We're close. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Iger, he, he came out and he said, um, yeah, we messed up on that. He said, we got a little too excited and we were moving too quickly and we apologize. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I can respect a lot because I'm going to be typically a lot more critical about Disney specifically. Yeah. More than more than most other companies. Well, you kind of have to. They own everything. That's so. fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, I'm excited for them to transition from, you know, going one, two movies every year to, to shift into shows like Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So Mandalorian is going to be the first live-action Star Wars show. They're going to do more Clone Wars. Yes. Uh, the Obi-Wan show has recently been confirmed. Very yes. About you that. want to go ahead and jump into that since yeah. it's related? Um, so just recently, for our recording, be a couple of weeks for when, for when this gets released, um, they found their director. And I forgot her name because I'm unprepared. And yeah. the... the <laughs> The only real controversy is people over. She's she is an Asian woman, okay, and people are overreacting due to her being an Asian woman. Do you, which is unfair? Uh, and I'm trying to be as sensitive as I can, but do you feel like Disney hired her because they're wanting to get the diversity in there, or do you think they hired her because she, you know? I, I looked into um, some of the things that she had done, and it was mostly one-offs of other series, and they're series I'm unfamiliar with. Okay. So I'm going to do my absolute best to hold off on having an opinion about her as a director, which is the only opinion to have. Right. Um, until I've seen more of the things that she has done. So I think she's unfairly catching a lot of flack. Uh, she hasn't even done anything with the show yet, so... Um, that means I'm over the moon that Obi-Wan is getting made at all. That that McGregor is back. Um, I'm just very thrilled. Going back to those list of movies that were coming out, you know, and they were showing all the different things that were going to be happening. Uh, that was one of the, the movies that I was actually kind of see. I was, I was actually kind of sad to see leave the lineup was just because, I love Obi-Wan as a character and I would love to see more about him Mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, there had to have been some stuff that he did, you know, during that time that he was alone on Tatooine. Yeah. So, and even if before he was alone on Tatooine, you look at, you know, the, the plot remnants of things like Clone Wars, uh, Rebels, or um, even Solo. The, the Han Solo prequel movie. Right. There are enough dangling plot threads that you could try to tie them all back together. And that's something I would be pretty interested in. Yeah, for sure. Trying to avoid the spoilers now. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking about it. I am. Yeah, I absolutely am. Yeah. Well, I mean, these Star Wars movies have been out for a very long time. Right. So I think it might be safe to say that you can probably spoil a little bit. Spoiler, Darth Vader is Luke's <gasps> uncle. Uncle? Yeah. Wow, that's a plot twist. Yeah. I thought his, I thought his dad was That was one of the changes. There. That's one of the changes George Lucas made, you know, in all the DVD releases. That okay. That's one of the changes okay. he made. I missed that one. I wasn't paying attention. Well, it's, it's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
video game news. Oh my gosh, big big video game news coming up for nerds. Uh, well, just just to you're more of a gamer than I am. I am. Um, I have not been into the gaming world for a while. Um, we did get a Switch. Hey, look at y'all. And um, so I have been playing a few things on there. I love. I grew up playing Zelda, so mm-hmm. I had to play the new Breath of the Wild, which was just breathtaking. It, it, yes, it was yeah. wild. Oh, stop! <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Boo! You went there. I kept going. That's fair. <laughs> um, Respawn uh, is a is a studio I'm pretty into right now. Known for their Titanfall first person shooter games, but they were granted the uh, pressure of making the new Star Wars game called Jedi Fallen Order. It's releasing holiday. I think it's November fifteenth because I was really excited the other day. I looked okay. it up. Um, so pretty soon, twenty nineteen. I'm very excited, and yeah. they released a new trailer. Uh, probably the last week of September, and it just, it looks so good. It was a narrative trailer, so it gives you some some hints as to the things you're going to be doing, the types of tasks you're going to have to do. And I'm super hyped for this game. Now, is the when what era does this take place? I think it is. It's between prequel and original trilogies. Okay, so is it so? It's after after episode three, but before episode four. That's my understanding. Okay. I'm trying to go into this without having researched it too much. Because I, I did see Inquisitors, mm-hmm. which, if you're unfamiliar with that, Inquisitors are a um, a dark side. Uh, I mean, they're basically Sith, but they're not really. Because I don't know, it's very confusing to me. But they're in. Uh, they were introduced in the. Darth Vader comics, and then also released in the Rebels I TV I show. I remember them being introduced in Rebels, but that's because I didn't read the Darth Vader comic series. It, so. it is a very good series. That's what I've been told. It's it's very entertaining. But it's one of those things that I kind of take with a grain of salt. Like, I go, okay, well, like, this is more, like, imaginary stuff that maybe didn't really happen. But you're not viewing it as like canon, so to speak. I am not, yeah. no. Because I know that like that stuff changes all the time. Yeah. And so I've kind of looked at it as like Star Wars Legends. You know, where okay. I'm like, okay, this is fun. Yeah. But it may not actually have happened. Yeah. So I'm talking about Star Wars as as, as if it's actual history. Well, I mean, that's what it says. A long, <laughs> a long, long time, time ago. ago. Galaxy far away. You never get into the Weird Al song, so. <laughs> And um, which which developer was Origins? Was it Rocksteady? I think Rocksteady Origins. was Arkham Origins. Yes, because they've released a cryptic trailer, possibly hinting at a new game. Possibly, yeah. Yes. I would one hundred percent be on board with a new Arkham game. I would be on board too. One of the symbols uh, they released it on Batman's anniversary, the eightieth anniversary of Batman. Gosh, he's he looks really good for his age. He does. Yeah, I have a theory about that. We'll talk about it some other time. Lazarus Pits. Yes, but also, um, so if you if you're unaware, uh, they took the Batman symbol and they put it up on several buildings all across the world just to celebrate this day. And um, one of the developers that made uh, Arkham Origins, they filmed the bat symbol, and then as you're watching the bat symbol, some strange symbols start popping up on the screen. And so they slowed it down, and one of the symbols looks a lot like a demon head, which could be... Oh, man, that's my favorite Batman villain. 
Raish is hands down my favorite Batman villain. Yes, because as we know, he was in... Um, he died. That's how they get you. Raish never dies. But he never dies. Raish never dies. So I would love to see... I It might even be cool to do a video game just based on him. Like, you play him. That would be really kind of a mind trip. It would. putting the villain as the protagonist. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be really interesting. It'd be like DC Villains, the Lego game, except not Lego and cooler. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything inherently wrong with the Lego games. No. But. I mean, my son plays them. Yeah, I play them. And they're, okay. Even <laughs> <Good. laughs> my son would get along very, very well. That. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It could be good. Yeah. I, I'd play it regardless. Arkham Knight was just released. It was a free game on PlayStation. I downloaded it. I'm excited to jump into it. I haven't played it before. So yeah. you're going to love it. I hope so. Do you play? So you, it's on PlayStation. Yeah. It's on PS4. Yeah, PS4. Okay. Very cool. Well, we, uh, that's, I think that's it for the news. For, for the news. We are moving into our main topic now, which this week we are going to be talking about The Dark Knight. So, spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't seen this movie. Uh, At this point, it is 11 years old. Uh, So, if you haven't seen it, either go rent it, go buy it, or I can almost guarantee that your neighbor probably has it. So, go borrow it from them. Yeah. Um, I mean, it came out in 2008. What's the deal? Spoiler alert for The Dark Knight. But we are doing this. We're reviewing The Dark Knight because um, it does feature the Joker. That is the main villain in that movie. And we thought in light of the Joker movie being released October 4th, we would review this before reviewing that. Um, And so we are going to kick it off into our first segment, which is... Glad they didn't ask us. Glad they didn't ask us. So in this segment, we're going to be talking about things that we loved about the movie that we thought really worked well and things that we look at each other and say, man, I'm really glad they didn't ask us and they did this wonderful, amazing thing. First thing to kick it off for me, I'm glad they didn't ask me about the bank scene. Start off the movie. Um, That's funny. I watched this earlier and I was taking notes and Antonio, my son was making fun of me and was like, are you taking notes while watching a movie? And I was like, yes, leave me alone. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Cause for me, the, the bank scene, what the bank scene does, um, it reminds me a little bit of the introduction of Willy Wonka in the Gene Wilder, Charlie and the chocolate factory. Interesting comparison because it sets the stage of, you know, this person is doing things you can't expect. You can't anticipate there's no way you can trust or understand this character. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you know, the Joker and Willy Wonka are basically the identical characters. That's a complete lie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it it sets the stage for the rest of the movie in the sense that this pivotal character is wildly unpredictable. Yeah. Um, And just, it's shot so well. It's done very, very well. It's very Nolan. It is. Oh man. I, Looking back, I am so glad that Nolan got his hands on the Batman character because that's the first scene alone. You're just like, 
you kind of buckle yourself up and you're like, this is going to be a really fun ride. Yeah. Like from the very beginning. I mean, even the first shot is you panning over the city. You feel like you're flying mm-hmm. and you're just like, this is going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, great introduction for the Joker with that scene. Um, Cause you know, whatever doesn't kill you only makes you stranger. Yes. Only makes you stranger. Ugh. Gave me chills the first time I saw it. <laughs> I was like, that is fantastic. He has just set up this entire bank heist mm-hmm. and was able to kill everybody else and take everything for himself, which then we find out later. He doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. No. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, something that I'm glad they didn't ask us about was just um, I, just the whole movie in general I feel like was a 100% continuation of the first one. Mm-hmm. There was no, like there was no lag at all. Like it did, like you didn't, you can assume that maybe at most like six months has passed since the first one. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Um, so very, very smooth transition from one movie to the next. Definitely. Um, so that was something that, um, really stood out to me and then kind of going, just kind of going along with the, with the movie. Um, the next thing that I feel like they did really well was if you remember the first one, um, Batman begins, uh, the main villain is scarecrow and it's talking a lot about fear and how we have our fears and, and we're facing our fears. And then it starts out that you first see the Batman and he's fighting scarecrow again. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a setup and they're all coming together and um, you've got the thugs and they kind of throw out their guy and they're like, look what your drugs are doing to my customers. And the scarecrow's like, if you don't like what I have, you can buy from somebody else. And it's just, to me, it's just kind of showing that he's not scary anymore. Yeah. Because then Batman shows up and he has the real fear now. And he truly is using his fear as a weapon Mm -hmm. because there's even a scene before that where like they're starting to do a drug deal and the bat symbol comes up in the sky and the guy's like, no, no man, not tonight. And he walks away and he's like, dude, are you really that scared? And it's like, yes, it's the bat. Yeah. He broke my leg last week. (laughs) And maybe not even that, like (laughs) just that rumor of what he can do, that fear that he's now put into the criminals. He's using their own, weapon against them Mm -hmm. and i don't know i just thought that that was a very very cool way of done very briefly but done very well yes yeah yeah batman's fear is stronger scarecrow's fear is fading it's fading yeah yeah very interesting yeah i'm glad they didn't ask me about uh, trying to do too much Mm. because you look at Dark Knight came out in 2008. Yeah. Um, one of the low, low points of comic book movies came out, I think it was 2006, Spider-Man 3. Right. And I feel like you can make a whole lot of parallels between Spider-Man 3 and the Dark Knight in the sense of they have their main villain mm-hmm. and then they have their kind of shoot off villains. Mm-hmm. So the difference being the Dark Knight found a narrative way to tie them all in well. Right. Whereas Spider-Man 3, a lot of it felt very haphazard. Mm-hmm. So, in the wake of the m- watchable meme that is Spider-Man Three, 
I think what, going for Two Face in the way that they did um, was very ambitious, but mm-hmm. they pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very good, and it was not. It did not feel. Yeah, exactly what you said. It didn't feel like overcrowded. It flowed very nice. And just the Joker in general was, I mean, should we talk about, like, maybe where he stands as far as our different Jokers go? Like, where where we think he falls? For me, he is the best live-action Joker. And I only give the um, descriptor of live-action because Mark Hamill is far and away the Joker to me personally, he was the Joker for so long Mm -hmm. through so many shows and movies and even early Arkham games. And was Um, probably one of the first Jokers we were introduced to mm -hmm. because, you know, we watched the cartoons growing up Mm -hmm. and that was who we heard every week was that character. And so he kind of holds a special place for us. Because the other thing about it is every Joker has been excellent in their own way. True. So you have Nicholson what? as like the gangster. I love the Jared Leto Joker. Really? I'm unashamed to say it. Okay. Because that man was just crazy. Oh my gosh. Which is one of the defining aspects of the Joker. Yeah. But as opposed to like a nuanced and like anarchy driven uh, role that Heath Ledger gave it. Yeah. Leto was just like, I'm going to be just a straight up crazy person. Mission accomplished. Yes. Well done, sir. If that was your goal, you succeeded. Mission accomplished. I'm so, that's, uh, I I actually very enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it very much. So I'm kind of sad that they're rebooting the Joker, even if it is likely just a Mm -hmm. one-off. I was was very upset. Yeah. And, and we can talk a little bit more about this later, but um, as far as uh, the Jokers all... I, see, I kind of look at them all together, and um, I think that Mark Hamill is definitely, like you said, the best, and then Heath Ledger definitely comes second. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Heath Ledger, I think what I really liked about his was he he took that craziness, but then took it to a much darker level frustratingly darker level yeah and um i it just you know i mean i guess i say he was a method actor so Mm -hmm. you know he took his roles very seriously and locked himself in a room and yeah you know kind of tortured himself in a way to become this twisted person yeah there's a there's a um list of famously ad-libbed bits and movies and Heath Ledger has two of my favorites in this movie. Um, when they blow up the hospital, they actually blew up a hospital. So they had one take, and they had to nail it. And the the device didn't work. So that's him staying in character entirely, like going off script and everything. Um, and the other one, I believe, was when he was in prison, and he does that really awkward clap. It was just completely him going off script. And, you know, he was such a great take on this character. But the thing for me, balancing, you know, how excellent he was at this character at at the cost that it took him. And that's it makes it very difficult to watch 
certain points of this movie to me because I'm like, you know, maybe if he had done this scene differently, mm-hmm. you know, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have gone down the road that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's a, that's a real dark segue. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to try that, to get into here. There are times where I wonder like um, in the next one, uh, the dark Knight rises, there's that scene um, where Scarecrow is sitting on top of uh, the judge's seat and he's judging on if people get to live or die. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's all the criminals in this courthouse. And um, I remember when I saw that, I couldn't help but wonder. I wonder if Christopher Nolan had the idea to have Joker sitting on top of that, if Heath Ledger had still been alive. I have never thought about that. You know, I've, I think there's a lot of potential for it, but I feel like the, the thing to watch out for is Ledger's Joker wouldn't have cared. That's true. He would have, like... He probably just would have killed everybody. He, yeah, he was, like, Russian roulette personified. hmm So in that sense, he's just, you know, it's it's up to him at a whim. Russian roulette personified. I need to make a book of John-isms Ugh. and put that down. John's is not a picture book. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just hearing our voice. Real, real dark, real fast. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> yeah, and... um. And just also something that I noticed is the dialogue. Um, I think Christopher Nolan did a really good job of um, he put a good balance of being very um, having a lot of, uh, um, I don't know, how would I put it? He was very proper with his dialogue. But Mm -hmm. then at the same time, there are a ton of cheesy stuff that is said that makes it a superhero movie. Right. Because that's kind of the staple of all superhero movies is there's usually some kind of really cheesy dialogue. Yeah. I mean, there's always, you kind of just go, Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Just kind of roll your eyes and you're like, yeah, just in case I was confused that this wasn't just a regular drama. Right. Right. And I think he did a good job of incorporating those two things. Um, That stood out to me a lot. while the movie was playing. How did you feel about Michael Caine? I really enjoyed Michael Caine. It's tough um, because the the man who played Alfred in the uh, move the Batman movies, no one really likes to talk about. Um, he was very very good, um, and he passed away. I think. Uh, yeah, but from like George Clooney and mm-hmm. uh, Michael and, and he passed away. So he was in an older British man. And um, they kept that same trend. Mm-hmm. And once the once the Nolan trilogy ended, they moved on to uh, Jeremy Irons. Who for I I like, I like Jeremy Irons. I feel like they should have incorporated him more mm-hmm. in the other movies because I well I mean as an actor he's he's so good he's really good he's very gifted yeah but he he feels younger than someone like Michael Caine. It's not to say he is decidedly young. He feels younger. Yeah. So he, I don't, I feel like he had a lot more license for a back and forth with, with the Bruce Wayne character than Michael Caine did. Cause Michael Caine still, um, he felt very butlery yeah, in the sense where very proper, but very not necessarily Alfred because Alfred does have a lot of creative license to go back and forth mm-hmm. with this, you know, incredibly wealthy and powerful mm-hmm. man who, who he is the butler for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I love Michael Caine. He's so great. He's good. And I, I think he did a pretty good job as playing Alfred, but 
but yeah, I think he stayed more in the butler role than he did because Alfred, especially in the comics, he definitely has that. He's a butler, but he's also really he's Bruce's father. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they kind of played that a little bit in the first one, uh, you know, where he's like, "Why do we fall, Master Bruce, so we can learn to pick ourselves back up?" You know, and that's exactly what his father had said. Mm-hmm. But this one, they kind of, they lose that a little bit. Yeah. So I guess this would be a good segue into. Why didn't they ask us? Yeah. It's, there's some, as they, um, as alluded to earlier, when they try to do so much, there are certain things that are going to go more by the wayside. Sure. And in that sense, the, the Alfred character, who is a consistently minor character in most Batman lore, mm-hmm. um, is going to kind of fall by the wayside when you have the development of someone like, um, you know, Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent. So you have to... And then it's just a one movie character. So you've got to completely build up his narrative, build up his arc. And to do that, you know, you have to sacrifice certain other people. Um, the use of two actresses for, for the Rachel character. Mm-hmm. I understand sometimes things happen. Sure. But like, why didn't they ask people <laughs> to do a more similar actress? And it's not to say the quality, because I believe Katie Holmes and Maggie Gyllenhaal are both very, very good actresses. Sure. But visually, it's still just a jump to being like, this is the same character, but something has happened. Yeah, not only do they look different, but their personalities are very their, different. Their tone is different. Yeah. In that sense, um, Katie, Katie Holmes in the first movie very much had a, a damsel in distress feel when she was alone on the island. Whereas um, the scene where Maggie Gyllenhaal is introduced to the Joker... She has that defiant courage to her almost because she was scared. That was her first interaction with Ledger and character mm-hmm. in the entire creative process was that scene. Mm-hmm. So all of her reactions and things are genuine, but she holds up very, very well. She does. And, the, and, and that's also, yeah, kind of like what you said, that's not to say that she didn't do a great job. I mean, she still did a very good job mm-hmm. as playing this character, but it was kind of one of those things where it was like, this is noticeably different from the other one. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, definitely. Um, something that stood out to me, cause I hadn't watched this in, I don't know, probably three or four years and watching it again, there was one scene that stood out to me that I had never noticed before in the courtroom scene. There's a courtroom scene where Harvey Dent is trying to put away Falcone. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that uh, this, you know, he says, I have a statement from you saying that this man is now head of the Falcone family. And the guy says, says something back to him. And then Harvey Dent's like, permission to treat the the suspect hostile. And he's like, hostile? I'll show you hostile. And he pulls out a gun and tries to shoot him. How the heck did he get that gun into the courtroom? He was the white knight. He was Gotham's white knight at the time. He was the star of the show. Well, not Harvey didn't pull out the gun. Ah, the guy, I've seen the, the guy on well. the stand pulled out the gun and pulled out the gun and tried to shoot him. And it yeah, got, no, it got I have no answers. No answers. How did he get the gun in there? And the only thing I could figure was. One of the guards must have given given it to him. Plausible, but at the same time, like, how did they not get arrested on the spot? 
I mean, what Gotham City, what era is it supposed to be? Oh, I and don't the know. Nolan, the Nolan movies? Because it could just be they didn't have the, it, it, the security cameras that we have in our day and age. I mean, it looks to be pretty modern. Pretty modern. Really. I mean, some of the technology Batman has mm-hmm. is like, not even, doesn't even exist. Yeah. But... I mean, all of the technology Batman has doesn't even <laughs> exist. True. Like the, the, the echo location where you can find anybody saying anything. Like, yeah, that... I mean, let's be honest, that exists. But yeah. I try not to think about it. Right. <laughs> That's how I get Facebook ads for things I thought about buying. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we heard recently from your conversation with somebody. Right. What? Yeah. Um, oh, another thing that... Uh, Stood out to me too, and and this is this is just me being nitpicky because I'm going to be honest with you. This movie has very few flaws. Uh, while watching this, I was like, "This is actually going to be really hard to to complain about." Yeah, because it's such a good movie. I mean, it really is just a very well well done movie. But there was a scene where um, Batman and uh, yeah, Batman, Harvey Dent, and Jim Gordon are all on the uh, roof. And they all start fussing at each other. Like, they're all yelling at each other. Well, except for Batman. He's just silently staring at everyone. As he does. Right. And um, <laughs> and uh, Jim Gordon, who is being played by... Um, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. My, my man. Yes. He, uh, his accent, his true accent comes out in that conversation. I don't know if I've ever caught that. He starts, he starts yelling back at Dent. And that, um, and the, the British comes out. Yeah. Well, I think he's, is he from Scotland? I have no idea. I think he might be from Scotland or Ireland. I don't know. I can't remember. I just call it British. Britain has, <laughs> it's all, it's the catch all. It's different than calling him English because English is England, but Britain is right. the, the thing as a whole. But yes, he does have a, a form of British accent <laughs> and it comes out yeah. in that scene. But it's one of those things where I'm like, Maybe that was the best take. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But, I mean, I do know that uh, when you're using an accent, it is hard to, certain things are hard to do. And yelling is probably one of those that, like, your emotion gets into it and your true nature probably comes out. So, uh, but moving on, uh, another thing that I would kind of got nitpicky about was um, uh, the Joker in the billiard room. You remember this scene? Is that the, that's not the make a pencil disappear, is it? No, I do love that scene. Yes. I love what that scene inspired. Oh. John John Wick. Yeah. Two men with a pencil. (laughs) Like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think the John Wick pencil thing happens without the Joker. Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, But, um, yeah, he, uh, there's a billiard room where they drag the Joker in and he's in the trash bag and they pull the trash bag off and he's like, you know, chilling. He offered, the guy offers, it's like another crime lord, and he offers, like, if you get me this, if you get me the Joker alive, you get 10 million. If you give him, if you give him to me dead, you get five. And so he opens the hood, and he finds the Joker, and he's dead. And he's like, or he thinks he's dead. He's like, dead, that's five. And then the Joker, all of a sudden, stabs the two guys that are beside him and then comes up and grabs his face and puts the knife in his mouth. It says, what about alive? You know, and then he's like holding him there and he starts telling him the story, you know, the crazy story about how he got his scars. 
One one of the Greek one, one of yeah, he tells like eight different ones. But he um he then cuts his face and the guy falls over like he's dead. I'm not a doctor. Right. You should play one on TV. I just play one on TV. But <laughs> I don't think slicing somebody's face would kill them. It could. You know, it depending on you know how you control the blood flow and all that. I'm also not a doctor, and I don't even play one on TV. <laughs> but I mean, it has potential. <laughs> yeah. If nothing else, he could have passed out. So it still bothered me. I was like, okay, well then, if he died from getting cut, how come you didn't die when you got cut? Movie magic, baby. That's movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's one of those things that you like. You wouldn't. There are so few things to nitpick in this movie. There really are. It's one of those things that, unless you're just not, if you're not like me, paying attention, whatever. But uh, anyway, that was another thing that kind of stood out to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but uh, overall, great movie. So uh, maybe we should, maybe we should rate it. You want to rate it? Rate it. Um, What ludicrous scale are we coming up with this week? (laughs) So this week, I thought maybe we could do on a scale of, and this is just because I didn't like Jared Leto, but I said on a scale of Leto to Hamill. Oh, that's tough. (laughs) I'm going to give him one and a half Jared Leto's because they're like one to two on that scale to me. Okay, okay. So I guess that technically be about like a like a four. Okay. I've mucked up this scale very, very badly. <laughs> it's a ludicrous scale. Because I enjoy Jared Leto. <laughs> so uh I'm gonna put I'm gonna put it right below Hamill. I mean it is it is up there. So what does that mean? Is that like three Jared Leto's? That's like three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll adjust mine accordingly. Okay. <laughs> because your scale is much wider than mine. The gap yeah, my, is the gap is much more narrow. Right. For me. Um, yeah, so very, very strong movie. Yeah. Stands up very well. It does. And honestly, you can watch it independent of Batman Begins. You can. Because his origin is so known. Mm-hmm. The character is so culturally established that, you know, if you have what is it, two and a half, three hours to kill. <laughs> A long jump in. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, it's great. But highly recommend it if you haven't watched it. If you haven't watched it. What have you been doing for 11 years? You are falling behind. Golly. Uh, go check it out. But, yeah, we uh, we wanted to do this before Joker comes out. Definitely. Um, do you have any thoughts on Joker before we I, as close we, out? As we've established, big fan of the Leto Joker. And in that sense, I'm a little miffed. Mm. That we're we're moving on from him so fast. Mm. Um, I get that it's kind of a one-off, and it's almost walking into you know Killing Joke mm-hmm. when the sense of all it takes is one bad day. Right. But it's weird seeing this pinnacle character of an entire company be used for a one-off like this. It's very odd. It is. So you don't think he'll be connected to anything else? Personal opinion is no. Okay. I have a theory. Do you want me to share my theory real quick? Okay. My theory is is that this Joker is actually the inspiration for future Joker. Interesting. Yeah. I think we're going to end up seeing a different character maybe later on that gets inspired by this Joker. 
who's still like a child and then is like, I want to be like Joker. Hmm. Maybe. 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 Depends on how terrible they mess up the DC cinematic universe between now and then. <laughs> I mean, it's it already, they've already done it's a rough. lot to it. It's rough. It's Wonder Woman. It's Aquaman. It's everybody else. It's everybody. It's well. anyway. Um, yes, I'm very glad that we got to go over this. Yeah, let's let's wrap up the Dark Knight. Put a bow on it. Yeah. Give it to someone who hasn't seen it after 11 years. <laughs> there, you know, there's somebody. There's got to be. Well, guys, that is the show. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us again. Just banter and talk about random yeah rant about this 11 year old movie we we ranted uh but we wanted to do something that was relevant for an upcoming movie which is joker comes out october 4th um the releases of this podcast is going to be the first and third mondays of the month uh so this one will be coming out on i've got let me pull out my schedule here Ooh, a paper calendar. Very old I know. school. It Dependable. is very, It is. I can pencil stuff in and erase it. Can't get targeted ads from a paper calendar? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so this one is going to be released on October 7th, uh, which if you're not listening to it on October 7th, that's fine. Uh, but the next one will be released October 21st. But what that means is that will give you some time, if you haven't seen The Joker, uh, before you, before we review it, uh, that will give you some time to see it because I know sometimes people don't get to it right away, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, however, we're pretty big fans, so we'll probably see it within the first week. Um, maybe go see it together. Potentially, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Have to take our notebooks, you know, get weird looks from the other people oh in the theater. Oh my gosh. We're <laughs> such dorks. <laughs> They're going to be like, wow, these, these guys these guys are intense. Yeah, I mean, what can I say? I have a really odd Joker scale. Yeah, right. He, he might be like a... He might be under Nicholson. I have low expectations. Ooh. And I like he, Nicholson, but he's the worst of the live action yes, to me. Yes, I agree. Uh, well, of, of this era, at least. Cesar Romero is a different animal. Yes. Um, But he kind of got the ball rolling, I guess. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you have any questions for us or you have any topics that you would like for us to talk about, uh, please email us because we're still stuck in the Stone Age and we don't have Twitter or Instagram yet currently. Probably. I don't know. We will. Eventually. Eventually. But not right now. So we do have an email. Uh, It's very simple. It's theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. So feel free to email us with any questions or opinions, or if you think there's something we could do that would be more entertaining. Yeah, we're we're all ears. Yeah, it's actually a very odd biological condition. Yes, all ears. That would be, I guess, would that be like that movie that with the aliens that I was going to say Elephant Man, but I mean, oh, Elephant Man, elephants have big ears. So. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, But thank you once again for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, But we will see you again in two weeks. Deuces. Peace.